and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Folger, your host, and we want to welcome you back to Labors in the Harvest podcast. It's our joy this week to start a new conversation with a friend who's been a friend of mine for a number of years. Dr. Toby Weaver is uh, on the staff at West Coast Baptist College and has been faithful to serve the Lord, not just for a few days or a few weeks, but literally decades. Dr. Weaver, thank you so much for joining me today for Labors in the Harvest podcast. I sure appreciate you giving me this opportunity, Brother Folger. Well, it is our joy to have you, and as I said, uh, your life, I think, is something that uh, people can learn from, and that's the whole purpose of Labors in the Harvest podcast. Uh, Dr. Weaver, um, I know that we're catching up with you as you're out on the road this summer with a a team from West Coast Baptist College. Can you kind of describe right now what your role is at the college and what you're doing this summer? Yes, sir. I appreciate that. One of the honors of uh, our lives, Rita and I have been at West Coast Baptist College now for 20 years. We were originally asked to be the Dean of Students 20 years ago, and and, uh, God bless that ministry. We love the young people, and God sent us hundreds and hundreds of unbelievable, godly young people to West Coast Baptist College, and we enjoyed those years. And and then I turned 70, and I I went to Pastor Chapel, and I said, Pastor Chapel, I just turned 70, and, and I'll continue doing this as long as you want me to, but uh, God has put on my heart if you would allow me to travel more. And he, he was so gracious about that. And he said, why don't we do that? And so he has allowed my wife and me to, uh, to travel exclusively and just all over the country and every weekend. And so every summer we leave about the first week of, of May, right up to graduation. And then we are in approximately 75 churches in the Southeast and we love it. Uh, we wow. were in Murfreesboro last night, had a wonderful service with uh, Brother Steve go forth just a tremendous time with him. And so we do that until uh, August the 9th. So about 25,000 miles, 75 churches. And our goal is safety, souls, and find students to come to West Coast Baptist College. Okay. So if you were 70 when you said to Pastor Chapel, um, that, you know, I need to transition and you're still doing uh, that kind of legwork uh, here in the summer, I'd say that you still got some energy, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess thank brother <laughs> well god is good isn't he gives us what we need oh my that's that's absolutely correct i love yes. it yes sir well can you please uh, tell our listeners how long you've been uh, been in full-time ministry yes sir <clears throat> um i met rita on a blind date at tennessee temple college and and uh, i graduated in 1970 with my ba but she had two more years left and uh the stipulation from her parents, I could marry her if she would finish college. And so, <laughs> and so I said, yeah, I'll do that. And, um, and so I went on to seminary there 
while Rita finished her two years. And we began serving the Lord really part time during those two years and then full time in 1972. So from 1972, uh, just about till this day, we've been we've been doing what God has allowed us to do. So if I'm calculating correctly, then uh, next year you'll celebrate 50 years of full time ministry. Just about. There was a little period of about three years, and maybe I'll get an opportunity to mention that because sure. God did some amazing things. Sure. In between ministries, uh, mm. I worked, uh, I pastored the Sears Baptist Church mm. in Brandon, Florida. So worked for Sears for three years uh, in between ministries, waiting on the Lord okay. and, and, and trying to be a blessing to our two teenage boys during that time. And, and, uh, but uh, the, the, Lord, the Lord gave us a wonderful opportunity during right. that time. I love Wonderful. It. Well, let's talk a little bit about your early life. And uh, again, where were you born and uh, where were you raised? I was born in Lynchburg, Virginia, July the 7th, just about my birthday here, July 7th, 1946, uh, up in Lynchburg, Virginia. All right. And uh, what was your life like when you were a kid growing up there in Lynchburg? You know, the the, the Lord's been so good to me, Brother Folger. Um, my, earliest rem- my earliest memories uh, my, my mother and my dad worked at the Craddock Terry Shoe Factory in Lynchburg. My daddy was a 100% disabled World War II vet, and so he was very limited. My mother was very beautiful and vivacious and, and just the hit and the, the life of the party. And, and, um, and I, I remember daddy trying so hard. And I remember mother being so, so frustrated. <clears throat> and so I remember we went to the Franklin Road Baptist Church, Franklin Street Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia, on White Rock Hill. Uh, Lynchburg is known as the Hill City. We were on the on the White Rock Hill in the early days, and but there were problems. Uh, Daddy could hardly work; he was sick all the time. My mother got mixed up with the wrong crowd, and it went downhill from there. Mm. And so we grew up up there. And then uh, on uh, Thanksgiving night, 1957. My mother finally left my dad for the last time, mm. and and my daddy was very disabled, and he did the very best he could to raise my brother Lee and me. But we were just kind of wild and woolly, and and that's how that that's how all that transpired for us to become uh, just hoodlums. <laughs> so, so you would say that you really weren't raised really in a Christian home at that point. No, you know, now my my dad tried. He was a saved man, and my mother okay. said she was saved and. And my, my dad would try, but he was so frustrated with life and, and with his physical condition that uh, it was it was so inconsistent mm. that uh, I, I would say it was no, it was not a Christian home. It was it was tried a little bit because daddy daddy really wanted wanted it, but he just had a hard time. Okay, well then, talk to me a little bit about your salvation experience. How did, how and where did that happen in your life? I appreciate that. Um, my brother and I got in a lot of trouble all the time, it's particularly me. I was I was older than my brother, and so it's kind of the ringleader of this mess, <laughs> you know. But um, but we could play ball, mm-hmm. and uh, we both just we love playing ball. We've always played ball, and we'd go over to a we, and we, we were the dirty little kids from on the other side of the tracks, but the kids in our little subdivision called Vista Acres, and it's where Jerry Jerry and Mason Falwell lived. Mm-hmm. Amazingly enough, they lived in that subdivision and. But to get over there, my little brother and I would go across the creek through the field under the barbed wire fence, and we'd come to the ball field, and we were accepted with those uh, highfalutin kids, as it were, because we could play ball. Yeah. But one Friday, we were out there uh, playing ball, 
and uh, a young man in a black Volkswagen drove his black Volkswagen Beetle out on the mound and got out, a tall, skinny young man, and he said, my name is Jerry, Jerry Falwell, and he said, and nobody here can hit my fastball, and that was in the late, that was in the late 50s, uh, the church had just begun, they had, they had originally begun over in the Mountain View Elementary School on Campbell Avenue, where I went to the sixth and seventh grade, and then they found this this old building over on Thomas Road. It was an old Donald Duck bottling company building. Mm-hmm. And they moved the church over there. And uh, Jerry got on the mound and, and nobody could hit his fastball. He was a tremendous athlete. Mm-hmm. And then he said, let me hit one. And he knocked a clean out of the county. Mm-hmm. And he had my attention and he had my brother's attention. And then he said, if any of you boys will come to church with my wife and me Sunday, I'll give you a brand new baseball. Wow. Well, we never had one. And I said, I'm in. <clears throat> so Sunday morning, he and his wife came by our little old ratty house and uh, knocked on our door. And my brother and I got in that car that had air conditioning and we didn't, we didn't know what to think. And it, <laughs> that began the journey, brother Folger, yeah. that began the journey. And eventually I, I made numerous, I made numerous professions of faith as a bus kid at Thomas Hood. I was baptized probably five times. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the water was warm. Somebody loved me. And somebody would take us out to eat, you know? Yeah. And so I got saved, man. I mean, I just kept getting saved. But finally, uh, my senior year of high school, <clears throat> um, after after faking it so many times, Oliver B. Green, the old leather-lunged evangelist from Green, Greenville, South Carolina, came and preached the revival at Thomas Road. And, and he preached on the second coming that night. And I kept saying to myself, if that guy will hurry up and quit finish, quit preaching, I'm running down there, man. I'm, I'm going to get this. I'm going to finally, I'm going to finally quit faking it. And I did, I got saved. That's, that's a tremendous testimony. So I want to ask you a little bit about Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell grew up in Lynchburg as well. Is that correct? He did. He was born and raised in Lynchburg, the Falwell family. And not too many people know so many details about this, but the Falwell family was very influential, um, very affluent, very uh, influential, very affluent. Uh, way back there, and um, and they they just ran half the city in the 40s, 50s, and, and the early 60s. And uh, but uh, Brother Falwell got saved. His mother was listening to the old time gospel hour, Brother Fuller, and uh, Brother Falwell, and and a, and a guy named Jim Moon mm-hmm. had gone to a revival meeting. And anyway, this thing transpired. Uh, Jerry Falwell finally really got saved, and and. Um, Went off to went off to Bible Baptist College in Springfield. Mm-hmm. Come back almost every weekend because he was in love with Maisel, and I came back in 1957 or 58. I can't recall and and started the Thomas Road Baptist Church. But yes. yeah, he was but pretty amazing story. But we were there. We were there in those early, early, early days. And yes, sir. It, it was amazing. So you were about 11 years old when you first met him. Is that correct? 11 or 12. Yes, 11 sir. or 12. We had heard we had heard about this young pastor he was all over town because he would uh he would he, he would knock on 500 doors a week yeah and uh and he was just aggressive and and uh, and he was lovable he was full of grace but he was manly uh he was determined he was an athlete he was funny he was he was brilliant he was just mm-hmm. a brilliant almost had a photographic memory and uh and he and he was generous i mean he would see my brother and me uh, downtown Lynchburg, and we'd just be walking around doing nothing, and he'd give us he'd give us money to go get something to eat. 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I, I loved him from the get-go sir. for that. Yes, sir. I, uh, I remember, I think the first time I ever met you, my sister was a, a student at uh, Hiles Anderson College, she and her husband. And my wife and I, with our young kids, had come up there to, just to have a kind of a cheap vacation and visit some family and see Chicago. And we yep. came to a Sunday school class that you were teaching. And I'll never forget, you were talking about Jerry Falwell in that class. And I think you shared a story about him giving you a pair of shoes. Was that a correct story? Yeah, he, he had a brother-in-law uh, named Sam Pate. And uh, Maisel was Maisel Pate. Mm-hmm. And so Sam and Maisel were brother and sisters. And Sam was sort of one of the youth workers. And, and he, took a, he took a liking to the, some of us ragamuffin kids. And, and the story is, is actually that um, Jerry gave the money, but Sam took me out and, and bought me a, a brand new pair of shoes. And it was mm-hmm. just overwhelming. And, and I, think, I think even in that story, I, I was working, I was working for, for uh, Piggly Wiggly Grocery Store uh-huh. down on Lynchburg. And it was raining cats and dogs, man. I mean, raining. And um, Jerry had a heart for alcoholics because his his family had been bootleggers. A lot of those Falwells were known as mm-hmm. notorious bootleggers in the early days. And he started a thing called the Elam Alcoholic Home for for drunkards. Really, right? It was kind of, a, kind of an RU program before RU existed. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the one of the frequent attenders was a man named Lee Johnson. And uh, Lee, Lee was like me, he got saved every week, you know, and just to, just to mooch, just to mooch off of the, just to mooch off of the food and everything, you know. And, and uh, but anyway, I, I came out of, I was working for Piggly Wiggly and I came out of the store and it was raining and, and, and Lee was drunk and he was sitting there in the corner and he said, he said, Toby, and he, and I, I knew him, we had lived, uh, we had lived on Treasure Island, an island that doubled as a, an RU kind of a place and also a boys home. I lived there for a couple of years, but I knew him. He knew me and he was drunk. And he said, he said, you're the best friend I ever had. About that time, Jerry Falwell was driving down the street in Lynch and main street in Lynchburg. And he saw Lee and me talking and Lee, Lee had lost his shoes somehow. Mm. And Jerry got out and I, I saw this, this is not somebody, somebody dreaming of a story. I watched this happen. He took off his shoes and gave his shoes to Lee Johnson literally a wino who needed a pair of shoes and walked in the rain and got back in his car mm. and just tried to help, just tried to help Lee out. And that's the kind of man that mm. that's the kind of man that I remember Jerry Falwell being. Yes, sir. So that kind of uh, ministry, that kind of um, pastoral leadership had to have a tremendous impact on you as a child. You know, that's where I learned ministry. You know, and I, I love Bible college, but uh, the the thing you know we had a we had a, we had a youth worker there Thomas Road he was forever telling me Toby be observant Toby be observant Toby be observant, and um, and so you know I I just started to observe and 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 uh, observe the leadership of uh, of Brother Falwell and the way he treated people and the way he treated his staff and and how deeply he loved his wife and his family during those days and and uh, how he loved the people and how honest he was and how giving he was. My, my poor daddy. I mean, my, my, my brother, my brother and I played ball. We were playing a ball game and, and, and a bat slipped out of a guy's hand and just, I mean, it caught my brother right in the mouth. I mean, just knocked him clean, knocked him clean into the next, next millennium. I, I mean, I thought it killed him. I mean, blood was bubbling out of his mouth and mm-hmm. knocked his teeth out. They rushed him to the hospital. And, and so daddy, we, 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 we didn't even know what health insurance was. And daddy was just trying to make ends meet, just trying to make ends meet just for food. And, um, and that night uh, with my brother lying in bed and 
and he, he'd just come back from the hospital and, and he was a mess. And um, brother, Mr. Falwell pulled up and I told my daddy, I said, I said, daddy, it is Jerry Fall, Jerry and Maisel Falwell coming into our house. And the place was shambles. <laughs> we were throwing newspapers out the windows. <laughs> it, was, it was it was unbelievable trying to sweep the floor real quick you know it's crazy yes. throwing dishes at the back door and uh, and they came in it was so it was so disheveled brother Folger that there's nowhere for them to sit but he walked in he and his wife and he said I heard what happened to Lee today and he said my daddy's name was Clarence he said no Clarence he said don't worry about don't worry about the medical bills we're going to take care of that we're going to help you with that wow uh, and, and just things like that, you know, and, and love my daddy who, who, who really uh, w- w- was unique because of his disability. It, it affected him emotionally, spiritually, physically. And daddy wanted to quit smoking, but he never could. He smoked camels. And sometimes Jerry would be preaching. And sometimes even on the old time gospel, I would have to edit it because God would get a hold of my daddy's heart. And he would, he would walk up to the pulpit and lay his cigarettes on the pulpit <laughs> and say, I quit, I quit, I quit. But next day he couldn't quit. But you know, he yeah. but Brother Falwell was patient with him, yeah. loved him. He yeah. loved everybody like Yeah. I mean Well, it, you know, there's a lot of people, as you know, uh, a lot of people love people because of what they can do for them. But uh, here was a family, your family obviously couldn't do anything for Jerry Falwell. He just showing the love of Christ uh, through his his life uh, to you and uh, look at the dividends that's paid through the years. That's just amazing when you think about it. Sowing and reaping. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's just sowing and reaping. Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned just learning things and 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 uh, and those things you never forget. You mm-hmm. never forget those things, and and they help me in ministry because um, just a love for people. You know. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, that's a great testimony. Well, since you serve in full time ministry, and I'm just going to ask you this real quick question, and then we're probably going to have to wrap wrap up this segment, but. Um, God worked in your life to call you to ministry. Uh, when and where did that kind of happen? How, how, how did God's call happen and develop in your life? Yeah. Um, we, we were in trouble so much that, you know, we, we, both my little brother and I were called stupid and you're ignorant and you're mean. And, and, and most of that was true. And, uh, but, but we, uh, we got, we got tangled up with, with Thomas road and, um, and uh, in my high school years, there was a there was some some faithful people who introduced me to Tennessee Temple College down in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and they took me da- they took me down there and believed in me. Mm-hmm. They they said you could do this, and I didn't think I could. And they said yes, you could do this, you could do this. And, and so um, uh, I, I went off to Tennessee Temple and I said it. I sat in chapel and and I watched Dr. Robertson and I said I could never be Dr. Robertson. Mm-hmm. I watched so many of those great men of God. But there were there were some men like Dr. J.R. Faulkner, who was the music director and the assistant pastor at at uh, Highland Park Baptist Church. And he was just he was just a great man of God, a great servant. And he was leading singing. And I said, I think I could do that. Mm. I, and I really got hooked. And then I met Charles Weigel, mm. Dr. Weigel, who wrote No One Ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. Mm. And, um, he took me under his wing for, for a few years, for a few months before he died and encouraged me along the way. And and um and, and then uh, I, I just got involved with, with singing a little bit mm-hmm. and, um, and, I, and I loved it. And, and I just knew this is what, if I could do this the rest of my life, man, I'd feel like I've died and gone to heaven. Well, and so that, you know, that there wasn't, there was never a, Hey, Toby kind of a call. It was just, right. it was just, it was just, I, I, I got, I got addicted, man. Right. 
Well, we're going to wrap up this uh, segment of the podcast uh, right now. And uh, I want to thank uh, Brother Weaver for being with us. I want to uh, encourage our listeners to come back because we're going to pick up our conversation at this point next week. Once again, we want to thank you for being a faithful listener to Labors in the Harvest podcast. Maybe you're a first-time listener. Whatever the case, uh, if this is a podcast is an encouragement to you, which is share this with others, let them know about it. Uh, we're sure appreciative of those folks that have uh, become subscribers. And again, thank you for joining us. And we, again, we hope you'll join us again next week for another segment of this conversation with Brother Toby Weaver in Labors of the Harvest podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.